0: FES is brought to you by Temple Brewing, Temple Brew House in Brunswick East, home of the award winning Bicycle Beer. Temple's amazing beer is all brewed on site in the amazing brew house in Brunswick East. Their team of experienced and skilled brewers work hard to ensure that you enjoy every mouthful of delicious craft beer. It doesn't get any fresher than this. Your beer was brewed footsteps away from where you are enjoying it. The bar, restaurant, and function space, big enough for 100 people, ensures you can enjoy a comfy experience for any occasion. So get down and visit the team at 122 West. Street in Brunswick East, or give them a follow on Instagram at Temple Brewing. Royal Parade Creative is a Melbourne-based studio that produces simple, clever design solutions done with a high level of care and sophistication, specializing in brand identity development and redevelopment, campaign art direction, typography and illustration, and also digital. Royal Parade offers a lot of services you'd expect from a large agency without the large agency price tag. So if you need a new club badge, billboard, corporate logo or bar menus, get in touch and find out how Royal Parade can make it happen. Mention FVS for a 10% discount on your first design project project brand art design thinking royal parade.com and also of course ambrosia fall designs as seen on the block and married at first sight located in talmarine ambrosia specializes in weddings functions and corporate events they also offer floor workshops which make great gift ideas book a consultation for your next event by calling leanne on 9338 3609 or you can contact her online at mention fvs to receive a discount off your next booking and a reminder that each and every tuesday at midday we are replayed on fnr football nation radio you can catch us on there you can also catch the breakfast show each and every weekday between 8 to 9 a.m so give us a listen on fnr and also give them a listen each and every day during the week let's roll into a very very big episode of for fuck's sake Uh, rolling on a monday night a very warm welcome to each and every one of you welcome to fvs my name is jason i'm joining you live from ocean boulevard in long beach california the boys are all here for the very first time in 2020 Uh, i'll throw to the chief analyst of fvs dave who's uh, huddled up in the bunker there in the melbourne cbd Uh, a very warm welcome to you mate how are you
1: Oh, terrific, Jase. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, it's 2020. Uh, we just had that emergency podcast, and if only, you know, they say hindsight is 2020. Uh, if we had our chance again, you know, would would the board have appointed Carlos Salvatore from the get-go? Uh, I can't wait to rip into and discuss. Obviously, we lost, but I think there's some things that are definitely there to talk about in a sort of a change in mentality
0: yeah there's still a bit of a uh, fallout to come from that emergency podcast that we uh, released i think it was thursday at lunchtime something like that uh ended up being our highest rating podcast um since the 2018 championship edition so may 2018 Ooh. the highest rating podcast we've done so thanks to everyone who did listen um hopefully you've stuck uh, on the uh, on the bandwagon for this week's episode. The man of the people Buds is also here uh, in What's Onia. Welcome Buds uh, How are you? Great
2: to be here, boys. Great to see you two again. Best day of the week by mile. If you can hear a kid in the background of this episode, it's probably mine.
0: Yeah, it's yours this week. Mine's uh, mine's sleep trained now. We we did some sleep training last week. We had to pause Yay. for about fifteen minutes um, last week when she started up crying. Uh, Bud's is on waiting in the room while I uh while I attended to her. But she's um she's doing good this week. We um we've been sleeping through the night. Um, we have to actually sleep in the lounge room now. We've got a blow-up mattress, which we, we have to sleep in the lounge room because she rules the roost in the bedroom. Um, but otherwise, it's going well. So hopefully, there's no um, olive disturbances this week, but maybe uh, maybe Mila um, will start up I already hear in the back. But it's dinner time there. It's understandable. It's fine. Uh, we do have a huge show lined up for you this week. Uh, the very first game uh, of the Salvatua reign. We're going to discuss how that all went down on friday night we're also going to be revealing uh, or buds will be revealing his mid-season power rankings the uh the 10 most influential or important players so far this season as we go past the halfway point of the year we'll be discussing the victory youth as well as the w league the marco rojas saga drags on uh one particular Austrian/ slash Croatian is digging in his heels uh, and enjoying the Australian Open qualifiers. Uh, we'll be discussing how that is going uh, and also announcing or discussing rather the uh, the Dakin announcement as ACL sponsor and a little bit on Babel, Marcus Babel who was sacked um, this morning uh, before previewing our ACL qualifying match against Bali United tomorrow night and also the Sydney FC match on Friday night at Amy Park. The music theme this week is up for grabs, uh, Patreon, uh, we usually throw it to our Patreon subscribers, the guy that we chose this week, who actually came on board this week, Kane Mason, uh, didn't reply to me, Grant Young also jumped on board, we are still getting Patreon supporters, even in late January, so thanks to those guys who jumped on, uh, on board throughout the week, unfortunately Kane Mason did not reply, so the music theme is up for grabs, I, um... I was speaking to Dave off air and it's Martin Luther King Day tomorrow in the USA. So I um, I suggested a African-American theme and Dave was very against it, very against it. Um, I don't want to call a you a lie. racist, Dave. I don't want to call you a racist, but um, that's certainly the implication Mate, that you were against you, this African-American said, theme.
1: If you had said soul music, which I'm a big fan of, I would have uh, approved, but you said, suggested something... Pretty generic and
0: yeah. Um, so, do you choose the music theme? Let, you let's, let's back it in.
1: Let's back it in with um, some uh, soul. Is going to be my suggestion. I'll, okay. I'll send you the tracks in question. Yep. Uh, once we're done.
0: All right, that's fine with me. So, soul music is the theme this week on FPS as we roll into to a huge week.
1: What can I do? What can I do? How can I do the things I want to do? When
2: 90% of me is you.
1: My heart no longer does what I want it to. Because 90% of me is you. Gonna be.
0: A very friendly reminder about the Forbuck's sake message board over at Favucksakes.com. Uh, jump on there and discuss all things Victory with like-minded Victory fans all day and all night. It was the busiest week on the forums in its history. I think it's been running for about two years now. The biggest week in its history, of course, with Marco Kurtzacking, uh, the Dobris News, the Corey Brown News, and the Marco Rehouse News. We had our most ever users online at any one stage last week. I think it was 136 people on at once, 136 members chatting all things Victory at the same time. So get on there. Uh, if you haven't already discussed things like the ACL qualifiers, Marco Kurtz has also been discussed. A lot of back and forth at the moment um, on the sake message boards. People saying that uh, the players hated him. People defending Marco Kurtz saying the players loved him. But um, yeah, some interesting discussion going on there. Transfer room is roll on as well as Andrew Naboo, who we'll be discussing in just a moment. So get on there for Bucksake.com and chat all things Victory. Also a reminder about uh, fvsshop.com and buy some stubby holders. We've uh, still got some in stock. For $10 you can get yourself the stubby holder sent to you by Dave or you can even meet him in the CBD and he'll uh, deliver them personally.
1: And we're going to send out the uh, latest batch. So we've obviously been on holidays and uh, just collecting our uh, shit, getting our stuff together and uh, apologies to those that there's about I think seven or eight people who are still waiting, uh, they will be sent out this week.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's discuss the game against Adelaide United on Friday night, the 1-0 loss. And in a way, this game meant everything in a game. Sorry, in a way, this game meant nothing in the sense that uh, it meant everything that uh, I think I was really excited to see how the boys were going to respond to the to the mm-hmm. obviously the, the upheaval during the week but it also meant nothing in that the color um, couldn't polish a turd in two and a half days unfortunately it ended up being more of the same from our players some pretty dire performances um, which we'll be jumping into in just a moment a, a one nil loss at in the end um, Dave, We'll throw to you first as the chief analyst. Um, how did you perceive the uh, the first game under the reign of Carlos Salvatore?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, from a formation perspective, uh, Carlos rolled out a four-three-three, not too dissimilar from what we've seen. Yeah, you know, it was four-three-three, four-two-three-one know, approach with Paulson at the ten, and I think. To begin with, that first half, it was just very disorganised, disjointed. There was even conflict on the pitch early on. Uh, And once again, what we saw was that there was actually no one out there wanting to own it uh, or to dictate play. I think in those early stanzas, the only thing that really benefited us in being that disjointed early on was that Adelaide were pretty impotent themselves. Uh, And it took us a little while to get going. There was this nice moment... uh, On the right side, you know, a bit of play, uh, interplay engineered through Rue and Cam Sobra. We started to see some rhythm developing. I thought Barnett being selected was an interesting call. Can't really say that he had a great game, but, you know, serviceable and certainly not that much uh, worse than anything else we've seen in midfield this season. But um, look, the sloppiness was still there. You could see that... uh, the, the squad were obviously orientated differently, but they just weren't executing it straight away. But in the second half, I think we, we saw an, a noticeable change in rhythm and just a little bit more togetherness in, 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 in the way in which we uh, progressed the ball. We more forward passing, uh, better awareness of who, who was doing what. Uh, and look, just that it was just, again, uh, we were plagued by those final ball failings uh multiple players uh over to you
0: buds yeah buds were you buoyed by the by the performance or what
2: nah <laughs> 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 like uh yeah actually carlos can't really do anything um i did notice a tweak in formation like let's not even bother about the first half let's let's be honest here mm. absolute garbage and uh last week when we were doing the um the preview for this one I basically said the only thing that they've got better than us is McGree and Halloran and, um, you know, Lawrence Thomas gave them every opportunity to combine and score for that goal. Uh, I thought he was crap. I thought, you know, as bad as our midfield's been all year and it's still terrible, the defence was... Um, look, every, every, every line lacks. Defence was really jittery and crappy and Donnicky's yellow card is just absolutely ridiculous to get that in the 93rd minute. And now be out for the next week tells you everything you need to know about the um, the discipline and the the mentality of this side at the moment. It was really, really disappointing. Um, we really needed guys like Basher to make a stand mm. uh, with a new manager, and uh, he was pretty much anonymous for the majority of the game. Uh, Andrew Naboo's finished. The finishing's just awful. Um, if you have a look at the amount of chances, like someone, I think one of our friends, Dave, told me the other day, he goes, Elvis Cam Sober is the A-League's version of Raheem Sterling just without the goals. And it's kind of almost true because he's always buzzing, he's always got the ball, he's always getting in position, and he's always just doing nothing with it. Uh, it's it's super, super frustrating. We've got some bang average footballers that I don't even think would get minutes, uh, some of them at uh, Newcastle or Central Coast at the moment. Um, I am buoyed by... Uh, attacking football because I think what we did see Carlos try and stamp some attacking impetus on the second half but he's he's going to be pulling his hair out with these players
1: yeah look um the the observation in that first half I know we don't want to dwell too much on that but you know one thing that struck me initially that was a bit confusing was that we have a team with very good wide players and wingers yet we seem to at, at the beginning anyway to adopt this narrower approach so you know he did tweak the system but I think what we saw uh, was that the midfield just couldn't cope largely because you know individual errors and and several turnovers and and to be fair Adelaide's intensity uh, was right up there funnily enough we haven't seen that level of intensity uh, from Adelaide since we were at Hindmarsh uh, about six weeks ago Uh, so that that to me is 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 the, the the takeaways there from from that particular half and in the second half it, it, i think there's definitely uh, an improvement but there's a long way to go i think
0: yeah i think the the forward struggles this week need to be evaluated and amplified because you can you can really go in depth on our three forwards here um what i know is different This week, um, compared to the Newcastle game when we were missing Ola Toivonen, is that um, against Newcastle, I saw a lot of interchanging between Alvis Kemsoba and Andrew Nabu. but this week I saw it between Andrew Nabu and Robbie Cruz. It seemed like there were times when Nabu was playing more centrally um, and then times when Robbie Cruz was playing on the wing. Robbie Cruz had an awful game. If you look at the A-League stats on the A-League website, he had 27 touches for the game. Um, that's the worst for a starter by far in the game. I think the next best after that was Andrew Naboo um, on 37 um, and Barnett, who had uh, 35 touches after 56 minutes. He got burnt a lot by Kemp Sober and also Andrew Naboo, um, who probably were trying to to both, in a way, get the monkey off their own backs by scoring a goal. Uh, it ended up being that uh, Robbie Cruz, in, in far superior spots uh, on the pitch, was was getting burnt. And this is a real issue now, number one, for Elvis Cam Soba, um, who got the three votes from, from our fans on the, for fuck's sake, uh, social media pages, um, the 3 one votes. I don't know if people um, are drinking too much of the Elvis Cam Soba Kool-Aid here because he... Like I get, I get what the argument is. He tries really hard, but give me sixty thousand dollars to play for the fuck. I'll try really hard too, and I'll I'll give you the same output, which is zero assists and zero goals. So I'm, if we're evaluating him on the fact that we pay him peanuts and we're getting some effort out of him, well, that's setting the bar too no, low. No, Jace, the,
1: you're completely wrong here, mate. The, why? The, 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 because Elvis Cam Sober actually runs at players and beats players, and yes. Some of the decision making he makes after those moments is questionable, no doubt. But I think he's doing all the right things except for that final element. And I think yeah, he you've highlighted the fact that he is a, a minimum wage player, and ultimately he should actually be an impact player off the bench. It's just that we don't mm-hmm. have the the full side that we want right now. Um, so I think I think he brings a lot to the table and is certainly a, a worth worthy squad player. Um, I think. Elvis himself would be the most frustrated at, at having not, um, you know, opened his account, um, you know, and and the the lack of assists as well. Like he's getting so close <laughs> every time, and it's a uh, it's just uh, I feel like the floodgates will open when he actually eventually does bulge the back of the net. Well, I all, I all, I feel, all I know, I
0: wait, all I know, all I know is that we're in eighth position, and the reason for that is because we can't score more goals than the other team. So if Elvis Kemsoba is going to get 60-odd touches in a game and create chances. I want him to do something with it. Um, there's a reason why we're 8th, and he's part of it. I get that he gives effort, but there's a reason why we are 3rd last on the table. Potentially, uh, once these, uh, once we other teams catch up with us, we could you know, finish back uh, ninth or possibly 10th. So... There's a reason why there, I get why. There's a
1: big, there's a big list of reasons why we are. are where we are. But we're he has right to be held now. to the same and, standard. And Elvis he Cam has sober be... is a lot lower down that list than many other factors for me. He doesn't deserve three I, votes. He doesn't deserve I, um, it. Oh well, that's that's I'm a different a, topic though. Whether okay. he
0: deserves three votes or not. Stop um, drinking the Kool Aid, everyone. I'm done with <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, look, guys, I am. I'm just going to put it out there. Melbourne Victory aren't winning shit with Elvis Cam Sober. I'm. Yep. I'm sorry, like. It's a results based business, and um, he's 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 a nothing player. He does nothing. He oh. gives he does nothing. There's there's no it's output. just there's, patently
1: there's untrue. He,
2: it's bullshit. Not, he, there's he, no output. He mate. does this nothing. Is, this is his second. Yeah, he's an attacking player. It's his second season. He plays every single game. He's played majority of minutes. He'd be up there in the top five of minutes this year. He has no goals, no, no assists. Yep. He doesn't know how to put the ball in the back of the net. He has massive stage fright. It's not getting better. I don't care if it's the A-League. We're still, it's still mm. competitive pro sport. If he's not good enough for this level, he's not good enough for this level.
0: Carlos Salachua mm. has two attackers who he's never seen score a goal. He's been there for a year and a half. He's never seen Kenny Athew or Elvis Camsoba score a goal. It uh, doesn't give you much confidence uh, when you're turning to the bench. I, I think he would be a better impact player off the bench. I agree with you, Dave. I think he would be a better impact player off the bench. We haven't seen it because we've either had a combination of Ola, Cruz or Andrew Nubil all injured. He might actually get yeah, a chance he, in the next exactly. week or so. But I I just... Yeah, I, I get frustrated. There's a reason why we're eighth. There's a lot of reasons why we're eighth. He's one of them because he can't No, but No,
2: but he'd be the same kind of player... That we'd be crying out for if he was an impact player coming and saying, he needs more minutes, he needs more minutes, he needs more minutes, he'll do it, he'll score if he gets more minutes, look at the positions he gets in, it'd be the exact (laughs) same argument
0: yeah and here's yeah let's let's move on to the next argument or the next kind of topic Andrew Naboo cops it from fans because he cannot put away a chance right now he he gave or well, he had you know three pretty decent chances he can't score so why why do we give Elvis Kemp Sober a pass for the the magnitude of issues he has in finishing when Andrew Naboo has similar issues and he's well, getting getting shit to the point where he's is crying after the game
1: hold up a sec I, I'm not giving Cam sober a pass and I, I would also but other fans are question I'm talking I would about also other fans. question the the three votes all right um, yeah. look Andy Naboo is a much more experienced player at a, at a higher level and obviously on bigger coins um, I think it was disappointing um, the reported um, information that we heard about him being uh, booed uh, mm-hmm. by some of the travelling fans. Um, put that aside, though, for one minute. I think for Naboo, I think just at the moment, his technique is shot. You know, that miss in the first half to not even force a, sh- force a save shows that he's just getting his body in the wrong shape to shoot, and he's doing it over and over. And it's something at the moment that he needs to work on. I, I found it interesting that the club in the vision today, interviewing uh, Carlos Salvatore about our game with Bali tomorrow, in the background footage, there was Andy Nabu, putting it, bottom corner, beating. Uh, I think it was White in the in in goals uh, at training, and so, I think. Look, his radar's off, and it was, it was sad to see him crying in the reaction. He was frustrated, but at the same time, you want to see that kind of hurt. You want to see that a player is devastated, and that he he knew that. Mm. He should have won the game for us. He should have had two goals minimum. And had he have done that, we would be talking about a win here today instead of a loss.
2: Look, his, if, if you put him and Elvis together with their chances, if they score, just let's give them a quarter of the actual sodas that they've missed this year, we'd be nine points better off in this league. There's no doubt about it. And it's so frustrating. And I was very happy to see him crying and how much it meant to him. He's a Melbourne lad and this club obviously Mm. means something to him and he he wants to win. And I've got no doubt he puts them all into the bottom corner and the top corner at training and beats everyone at training. And uh, that's why he came. um, Look, Ante Jukic on the um, national curriculum was pretty anti well, not anti nabuo but uh, anti the marketing stance that was taken by Melbourne victory and we probably got sucked into that too yeah this year with our preseason predictions talking about him scoring 15 goals and things like mm-hmm. that when he's not that kind of player and um, that this may be true I think um he was he's definitely heavier than he was at Newcastle that's for sure and He's definitely not being deployed in the same position as he was in Newcastle. But at Newcastle, he was possibly the most devastating player in this league. And the reason why Newcastle probably didn't beat us in the grand final because he wasn't there. Um, I think that's what we thought we were getting this season, but we haven't even got anything close to that out of Andy Naboo. And that's why that's why the fans are turning
0: against him. Do you put anything down to new father, being a new father, sleepless nights? Is that 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 has to? impact it
2: oh yeah and I think the club's just been a shit sandwich I think it's been an absolute diabolic I think the day-to-day is what you need to judge this these kind of things on as well and unfortunately we don't get much of the Mm day-to-day um but you can tell like we've got we've got underperforming players all over the park all over the park we should be much better side than we are there's there's a whole reason why things are wrong this year um and we've got some really bang average players and some good players that aren't playing well
1: yeah,
0: um, Just quickly, Dave, because I did say before, I noticed a lot more of um, Enidabu kind of interchanging with Robbie Cruz, who hardly touched the ball all game. Um, did you notice that as well, that it was a little bit different in the way that kind of went down with uh, with Robbie Cruz um, not really giving it an output, um, maybe because it was a little bit different to the Newcastle game?
1: Uh, look, I, I, I think Adelaide definitely focused more on cruise on that wherever Cruz went and and I think that his influence was nowhere near the extent that we've seen in previous weeks and so that, you got to put that down to, to good coaching uh, the interchange thing is interesting because I think when with Nabu he's only got that one one foot really mm-hmm. so if, if you switch him up he's always going to he's going to be predictable he's predictable on on both sides ultimately but with cruz at least you can know you can sort of see that you know he may not cut inside every time uh, i think there's definite value in in, in persisting with that but I, I think it'll have more potency with uh, a striker like uh, ola in between
0: those two uh, any other topics we want to bring up um anything else that you saw guys
1: uh not not particularly look yeah. uh at, at the end like I, i'm thinking it was a game we should have won really uh when you size up the the chances that we had uh, we didn't get the new coach bounce uh, no. usually that yeah, nine times out of ten a club that's just sacked its manager will do that but let's focus on the positives that that the mentality, that's what I want to talk about. There, there's a definite noticeable shift in mentality. Whether or not the players can execute that and build on that in the coming weeks, that remains to be seen. We've got a hell of a schedule. Um, you know, there's three games in a week for Salvatore. Uh, so he's got to rotate the squad, which of course then makes things difficult in terms of the chemistry that he wants his players to build. And look, Donachie... Getting himself that yellow card means he's missing for the Sydney game, um, and I don't think Hoogland's going to be ready. He's so far away. He's far. He just had surgery. Uh, isn't he? We we will, you know, we will be seeing Carrigan, uh, finally. So Hoogland this- should be being
2: cut, man, for an for an injury replacement, like. How have we not had an injury replacement it's, it's, for him It's yet? beyond it's, a joke now.
0: It is absolutely ludicrous. Well, it's like it's not that the injuries haven't been long enough to warrant it. I think it needs to be like a minimum of like 10 weeks or something. He's just had these niggling injuries for two, three weeks at a time or they, they end up being five weeks or six weeks. He's just had surgery. The only real strategy I can think from the club is that they think they're going to scrape into finals and they think that he's going to be useful at the at the end. So we're, we're putting all our chips in on, on Hoogland and, and hoping for the best. Who knows? I mean, right now, finals are, are back off the agenda last week we thought maybe we're a chance now but uh, we still have to start winning games we are now out outside of the top six so we really stuff have to start winning games and um, Sydney this Friday it does it doesn't get any easier for us unfortunately there's um, there's still a mountain to climb to, um, to end up uh, having that work out for us so the votes the lion medals balls of steel votes uh, Elvis Kempsober as mentioned earlier gets the three votes Lee Broxham two votes and gets the one vote uh, but not too many great performances across the board, unfortunately. Overall, all the Toyvans still in the lead on 19 votes as we cross the halfway mark of the season. Robbie Cruz is on 11, and Elvis Kem Sober rounds out the top three on 10 votes. A reminder that each and every week you can get on to our social media platforms on Forbuck's sake on Twitter and Facebook and lodge your own three, two, one votes. Get amongst it, and then get amongst the conversation on the Forbuck's sake social media channels. What's uh what's uh, Take a break. So we've crossed the midway mark of the year, and uh, usually, on for buck's sake, um, depending on the year and depending on how we feel, we usually do a mid-season report card or something to kind of evaluate the the, uh, the the last six months or last well, it's only been about three months, but the last couple of months of uh, a league action. And this week, instead of doing a report card, instead of doing a pass or fail, we thought we'd do something a little bit different, uh, borrowing from our friends in this wonderful country that I call America, uh, and do some power rankings, uh, the, top 10, uh, <laughs> the top 10 uh, Vuck players, so the, the, I guess, I guess the, the most powerful, influential, important players so far this season as we go past the halfway point of the year, um, and Buds was tasked with... With coming up with a list um, Listing his 10 most powerful VUC players As we go past halfway This would have been a struggle Yeah, tough It's been a tough year so far Uh, But I think we can come up with the, the top 10 players And this isn't the top 10 votes It's just buds's uh feel for it that the the 10 most important players um over the last 14 rounds of the year so buds we'll start from number one and work our way up to number 10 so Mm -hmm. hit me with your, your number one
2: so traditionally um you know it's a very american thing you'll see uh a lot of them are done power rankings, are done week to week, round to round. And should a player have not played the week before, they, they sometimes drop out, Depend, depending on who it is, whether it's uh, ESPN who do them or CBS or you know um, um, TNT, whether it's the NBA, NFL. So I know CBS do a lot of Premier League ones, which mm. are really interesting as well. So we're going to stop. These, these are just kind of cumulative over the season. And my feeling for who's who's you know holding the chips within the side at the moment. So number one, uh, Ola Toivonen, leading our uh, match of the uh, uh, man of the year votes. Balls of Steel of the year votes by a mile. Uh, has missed the last couple of games, but is still the blue chip
0: player within our squad. Very important. Just um, without him, it seems to crumble. We um, we put in some decent results. Of course, the Newcastle game our biggest win of the year. But really, without him, uh, we do have trouble. And I think that um, Ola Toivonen against Adelaide would have uh, would have changed things a little bit um, with his prowess around goals. But um, but not to be number two.
2: Uh, the man who came in late in the season but has turned uh, turned the side around completely. Uh, has given us a new lease on life up forward. He is as intelligent a player as we've ever seen. He's a handful for every defense in the league, and he. I think we're going to see the best of him come in a couple of weeks, and that's Robbie Cruz.
0: Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think it starts to get interesting from here on out. I think the the first two are pretty obvious. Number
2: three? Uh, this is going to be a surprise to some people, but for me, it's Anthony Lesiotis. Uh, the kid's played eight games this season. He's averaging 69 minutes. Uh, he's, by by and large, a midfielder who's been put into a fullback role and has absolutely played out of his skin. He probably had, um, he probably had a, a game to forget the other week against Central Coast where he got skinned quite a bit. But apart from that, the kid's got 223 accurate passes with a passing percentage of 83% this season. He's um, he's playing well above his years. I think he's only nineteen at the moment mm-hmm. still, uh, and he's got a big, big future ahead. And I hope we see a lot more from him.
1: Um, interesting. Uh, we didn't really talk about it in the match review that uh, you know, Storm Roo was recalled to right back. Um,
0: yeah, n- no good. <laughs> he was pretty old. Um,
1: well,
2: I, th- I think it was Lysiotis yeah. was sick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
0: Mm. Um, Leslie Otis as well It was revealed in a recent press conference That he had that he's a, he was a Vuck fan growing up So from my count, I think that's three actual Vuck fans That we have on the, um, in the starting eleven that, that grew up as Victory fans um, Andrew Naboo And Lee Broxham And Leslie Otis all, all in the terraces before they uh, became pro footballers for the Vuck. Uh Every boy's dream come true. So um, you can always rely on those guys if you if you you, know, you want to talk other shit clubs about still players
1: with uh, Connor yeah. Payne and uh, a couple others.
0: Yeah, Theo Harris as well, famously. But yeah, if, if you want yep. to talk shit about those guys not putting in, um, they were basically on the terraces uh, with us back in the day. Uh, number four.
2: Perfect segue into Ford's Lee Broxham, the mm-hmm. vice captain, the guy who takes. The armband, when Ola's not around, uh, Leeds, by example, uh, is a rock wherever he's played. Mr. Dependable will never see another player like him. Uh, he is number four on the list. Many people would... I think there's enough of our listeners that would probably have him as one, number one in the power ranking. So probably a little bit unfortunate at the moment to be number four.
0: Yeah, I, I think that in a way, his season overall has maybe suffered by such... Uh, such uh, reshuffling, Um, he's having to play back, play in the midfield. It'd be good to see him actually play somewhere consistently to to help his football. He's always dependable no matter where you put him, but uh, a little bit of consistency for any player uh, does wonders uh, for for their form. But uh, unfortunately, it's just uh, the way the cookie has crumbled uh, this season, number five.
2: This is where it somewhat drops off a little bit. This is where it got a bit harder. But I'm going Adama Traore. Uh, and I'm going Adama Treore because he gives us a bit of dependency. He obviously wasn't fit for the start of the year, but he has, his performances have improved. And he is, a, he is um, a massive point of difference in the A-League because he's a fullback that doesn't just run up and down the pitch. And that's what we have in the a league we have fullbacks that just run up and down the pitch You'd run up and down the pitch and they just they just run um adam adama's good on the ball adama's dependable adama's a cool head he's probably one of the more seasoned pros with the best rap sheet in our side at the moment and he sits in at number five number six alvis cam sober <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay number uh, six is okay. Yeah, Elvis Cam's sober
0: because... Uh, There's so much potential. He tries really hard, you know. How did you come to that conclusion? He runs really fast.
2: Run? Okay, because he runs really fast. <laughs> <and> he, um, <laughs> he runs really fast and he... I think he's put in a grand total of maybe 15 crosses this year. So, um,
0: Dave, who's, who's the player from City that's faster than Usain Bolt?
1: From City, no. No, Sydney. from Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. Trent Bahaja.
0: How's he how's he? yeah? I don't I don't follow too much Sydney. Well he's um, come
1: back from like a, a long term injury, a knee injury, um, and he's just had a few appearances off the bench so far this season, but he's actually um, off with the under twenty threes, uh, with Graham Arnold at the moment. That has
0: to be it. that has to be some kind of calculation error or something, right? He's not sparsen Usain Bolt over twenty meters. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think I need some like Guinness World Records verification in there or something. Um, but oh, geez, we love, geez, we love someone that runs really fast at defenders, don't love we?
1: love The pace and power.
0: Did you see? Just speaking of people that run really fast, I think the destruction, the box pod, um, uploaded a video of uh, Conor Payne trying to accept a, a pass from Diamante, who laser uh, pointed it to him and uh, missed missed an easy trap. Um, he runs really fast. He runs really fast. It's great. Uh, number seven.
2: Uh, Lawrence Thomas, and see, I would have I had him up a bit higher. Personally, well, I reckon he's having a shocking season. Mm. I reckon he's having well, his most probably, clean sheets in
0: the league. But yeah, I get you. I, yeah, I don't know I, about I,
1: shocking. He's had a few lapses, but I don't. I
2: I think I think he's a player that uh, because he's been so good in the past, and we've got so many bad players this year, he's. His performances are going under the radar a bit. I, I think he's he's been caught off his line a few times. His distribution's poor. He's fumbling more than he has in recent years. And I it, it's obviously coming from um, a defensive midfield. He doesn't have the double pivot in front of him. He has a lazy player who goes missing too much in Basher. And he's got fullbacks that if Hoogland was there, I would dare say that he'd be having a better season and look like he's having a better season. But Lawrence Thomas, at this point in the season, uh, he he's not hitting the heights that we've seen in past years.
1: Uh, that's exactly right. I, th- I think if we had a a proper ball playing defender to to complement, you know, your your standard lumbering defender who's more of a stopper for cover, then I think you know he'd have a bit more confidence. You know, and a, a guy that we haven't really talked about much in in his Deng, you know, I feel like uh, he's the forgotten man of this squad, like he was injured for what, four or five weeks Yeah, but he's been getting taken away for pointless
2: He's getting taken away for pointless all the rules, and I'm sorry, but these are power rankings now, these are basically players that this, this is their currency right now
1: Oh, I'm not saying so, Dengie should be in the list. I'm just saying uh, so the wider yeah. discussion. I haven't watched defenders.
0: all the I haven't watched all the, all the Ruse, uh games, but from what I've heard, I know he's been captaining the team. But um, he's been having a few uh, Thomas Deng-like moments. The the brain fades have, uh have come in a little bit. Um, he's I mean he's not an answer to to our defensive woes or, or whatever you want to call it. I wouldn't even say defensive woes, but he I don't think he makes I don't think he's crucial to us. If that makes sense. I he think... just gives us depth. He's, yeah. it's,
2: it's the depth thing.
1: And, you know, depth is everything in the A-League. Hmm. It's well, put it this way. I'd rather have him there and push Broxham into midfield. That, True. That's That's why I'd rather have Dengy back. But yeah. anyway, let's move on.
2: Uh, next, in number eight, James Donaghy. And honestly, James Donaghy's in there just because he pretty much has to be. Because once you go outside of 10, it's really bad. Um, <laughs> so, so James Donaghy's there. John Donaghy's just an enigma. Honestly, it depends who he's playing against. He's a he's a horses for courses centre back. Yeah, it it depends. If you play him against Brisbane Raw or Roy O'Donovan or someone like that, he's going to look really good. If you're going to play against someone who's going to who's going to make runs behind him, he's going to get caught out a lot and he's going like to do LaFondra. stupid things. Yeah, he's going to get he's going to get red cards, yellow cards. He's going to He's just he he can be a calamitous centre back at times, um, and that's why he sits at number
0: eight. Number nine. We've we've only <coughs> had one Dobris. foreigner so far. Only one foreigner so far. Yeah, Andrew Naboo. Yeah, that's his stock is his stock is uh, sharply declining. Sell, hasn't sell, it? sell.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was if it was a hold buy, or, if it was a buy hold or sell at the moment, you'd be selling. Yeah,
1: you'll come. You'll defin-
2: come. Yeah. Good,
0: I agree. Just he, he, he uh, uh, as Mehmet always says, just uh, just get the ball in the back of the net, and the confidence will come. Uh, number ten to round out the power rankings.
2: Uh, Mijin basher.
0: Talk about someone whose stock is uh, sharply declined <laughs> scraping, as well. He um, he came through, and I think we were just saying, oh, he's he's okay, and uh, I think he has he he is escaping some of the criticism because of how bad Dobras and uh, Paulson <laughs> exactly are. Right. He's just kind of flying <laughs> under the the shit the shit guy radar, really, at the moment. Um, but he's no good as the other. The the bad thing about this one is he's got a really bad contract from a pro- victory perspective. I think it's um, it's a two yeah, so year deal. Yeah. So he's uh, yeah. he, Paul Trimboli has to do some manoeuvring. Actually, what's he? He's, he's over thirty. Why do we sign an over thirty player to a two year contract that we didn't know much about? Bizarre. Uh, pr-
2: probably because it, in terms of oh look. He had no Pulse pedigree and like,
0: like like Toivonen or anything.
2: No, nah, but he 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 played a big bulk Not of far off. games uh, yeah, in okay. the city R. Yeah. He played he played city R level and uh, where, where did he come from? Was it Cyprus? Was he in Cyprus? Yeah, yeah. So he was playing for one of the top clubs in Cyprus as well. So I oh know that doesn't mean a shitload, but I'm pretty sure they're a Champions League club. Uh, don't quote me on that either I didn't really look too much into Basher But yeah look When you're looking outside the top 10 We've got Backup goalkeepers in white And you've got Lawton and Hope And Carrigan and Kenny And Paulson and Dobris And it's just yuck Yeah Storm Storm Um
0: <clears throat> Yeah it's all gone uh, a bit wrong hasn't it It's all gone mm. a bit wrong this year All right, thank you very much, Buds. Uh, We might do another power rankings uh, later on in the year. Uh, The Victory Youth, um, they're playing on Saturday. Um, They have to win that to win the conference. Is that right, Dave? Do you remember?
1: I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Yes yeah <laughs> sorry caught me off guard there that's all right uh but yeah the, we we've talked about it the last yeah we did last week I three to four podcasts that there's been a pretty good turnaround from from the kids um and it was good to see when our a c. l squad was announced uh during the week uh obviously they always have to pack out the bigger squad numbers for that a c l uh squad selection with a lot of the youth products. So uh, Guys like Laurie Latanzio, Laurie who I've mentioned a few times, is a young striker. He's He's been named. Um, so we might even see some of these kids on the bench uh, for the uh, game against Bali tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the W League girls had a pretty decent win, 3-0 against Adelaide mm-hmm. on Saturday night, notching up their biggest win of the campaign to move level on points with fourth, Place Brisbane Raw, uh, but they have played one less game. Natasha Dowie with a brace and Rosie Sutton with the other. So the girls are doing okay. It looks like they might make the playoffs, which is good. Marco Rojas still is not a victory player officially. Um, the club's like 99.999% sure. Uh, the only thing holding this up is Christian Dobris. Uh, Dobris is... Um, being In this rundown it says Being a uh, word that I cannot mention on this podcast Living his best life at the Australian Open Qualifiers um, And there was also rumoured that uh, some other German Sam Sydney Sam was rumoured to join uh, That was the, the foreigner that Marco Kurtz No more Germans for. No, more, no Germans. more
1: Austrians I think we need a break We've had Beister, Niedermeyer, Kurtz Dobris uh, it's it's we we just can't get that right. Mm. Um, so I think we just take a break from uh, German speaking or that sort of Central European location. Um, look, you, you mentioned that the club is ninety nine point something percent certain that this is all done at Zastud. Like we we are still kind of speculating. Like I mean, whilst we think that Dobris is the one that's going to get uh, mutualed in order to make room. For yep. Rojas, I get the feeling, you know, and, and the worry is starting to set in because I feel like the club acted swiftly and decisively in order to get all this sorted before the Asian Champions League squad was announced. And then that happened, and we, we thought that because if Rojas had signed, I dare say it wouldn't have been Basher. I reckon they would have left Basher out of the ACL squad and you would have gone with Toyovan and Rojas and Poulson. But it's too late now and the only way Rojas, if he ever arrives, can feature in the Asian Champions League for us is if we actually progress to the group stage. So it's dicey.
0: Yeah, so that's only if that's only just the, the squad for that particular qualifying stage though, so isn't it? Can we reset again against the uh, the Japanese? Team that we're playing. I'll have to check that one. I, I, I I'm not sure. I'm, okay.
1: I don't know that you can reset for the qualifiers. I think okay. th- th- that that is a squad in its own right. But I'm sure many of our listeners who are across this will know whether you can th- press play again. I'm not sure.
0: Um, now, Buds Dobrus has um has oh, been. Okay. Uh, On social media this week, uh, Instagram this weekend at the uh, Australian Open qualifiers, cheering on some of his Croatian uh, countrymen. Um, How do you feel about him digging in the heels, holding up this Marco Rojas deal, just kind of uh, squeezing out every last drop of Australian summer that he can before he goes back to a dark, cold European winter?
2: I told you. I told you. (laughs) <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna John brew it. He's John brewing it. There's no way he's going back to European. He's not. There's no way he's going back until winter's finished in Europe. Absolutely no chance. Why would he? It's the best job he's ever had. He doesn't care. He'll get paid to run in the park all day. It'll bring his tan up. Like it's, he's gonna watch the tennis, and then you'll probably see him at the Grand Prix in
1: March. He's going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's yeah. It's quite the brouhaha. This uh, and. Um, I uh, am I'm I'm just shocked that uh Di Pietro hasn't just sent around a couple of heavies oh, look. to uh <laughs> look, house look, and look, just this sort is of the said thing. you get out of the country or else. Look, this is the thing, man. It's um
2: why would you leave here? Like we get seduced in Australia that Europe's this fucking utopia that Europe, everything in Europe is great and it's like fucking Capri every day or you're sitting in like Santorini or fucking, you know, sitting on the island of Havar. It's not like Catera. that. You, Europe, Europe at the moment sucks. There's no jobs there. It's cold as shit. There's fucking hardly anything to do in a country like Austria. It's full of dickheads. It's overpopulated. And Australia is the utopia and Melbourne is the utopia. Why would he want to leave? He's not
1: leaving. Yeah, people with lion tattoos on their nice. thighs as well.
0: Speaking of which, though, the Australian Open should be uh, hopefully a draw card for Melbourne victory recruiters when they're talking to these Europeans, because it's a, it's a pretty good uh, little run you have at the end of January. You know, you get to go to a few European game, oh sorry, uh, to a few tennis games cheering on your European countrymen, uh, Djokovic. You might get to meet uh, Novak at, uh, at one of the victory games, depending on how the, the draw plays out. It's not a bad selling point, the old, old Australian Open. The Europeans absolutely love it. So Spring maybe,
1: Racing Carnival as well. You know, Bud's mentioned the Grand maybe, Prix. Maybe Grant
0: Brebner, who's actually an uh, um, assistant coach now. Well, uh, well done to Grant Brebner. Mate,
1: this they all like go to the Leicester L- L- template.
2: Yes, they all go to the Levatze marquee at Spring Carnival time. You know, they all go to Georgia's restaurants. Like, if they want to go to George's restaurants, they'll go to Georgia's restaurants and be made to feel special. They'll probably all get put up in a South Bank apartment. Um, they go to the tennis. They'll go to the Grand Prix. They'll walk up and down, like, you know, on a nice sunny day. If you're walking up and down that, that you know, precinct in Richmond, it's glorious. It's very quiet. Mm-hmm. Coffee's good. Food's good. You know, they'll come here and get told that they're going to be a European superstar in a league that sucks. Well, sometimes it doesn't happen and you end up training in the park on your own mm-hmm. um th- th- this is you know so- some of the guys we get here uh you know ready and willing to put in like your matthew del and your fahid Ben fellas and they'll train hard and they'll play hard and they'll become a part of the furniture mm. and they'll be excellent excellent additions and others just come here and they're absolute
0: jerks hi Miller. <laughs> is the baby behind you hello <laughs> uh we'll move on we'll move on Dakin was announced as an ACL sponsor for the game tomorrow Um, well done to the uh, to the big wigs at Dakin they've got themselves a free corporate box for the evening I'm sure against Bali United Um, that's about it just I think honestly this is going to be a game (laughs) against Bali and a loss against a Japanese team we're not Gonna, we're not gonna we never want to wait in Asia what's the point of this so Dakin, well done um, enjoy the free sausage uh, sausage rolls tomorrow enjoy the free piss um, get your money's worth out of this uh, one or two game sponsorship well done to Dakin. Uh thank you for supporting the club uh, Marcus Babel was sacked uh, this morning a long time coming we all thought that it would uh, well and truly happen before Marco Cortz got sacked but uh, wasn't to be here outlasted uh, Marco by a few days, uh, but the uh, the hammer came down this morning. He did a he did a parting farewell message, which I thought was pretty interesting. No hard feelings. I think he he knew his time had come. Um, he was actually on, on borrowed time. I feel he, he probably lasted about what four, five, six weeks longer than what he really should have. They should have cut tires a long time ago. Um, but Marcus Babel is uh, is gone. Dave.
1: Oh, four minutes. Spare me, come on, uh, everyone's all like, "Oh, what a great guy, and everything like that It's like just just go mate, just <laughs> just, go. just go um yeah like <laughs> i I get it like everybody he's a personality, he's a character, and everything like that, but you know can't coach mate, so he he did definitely bring
2: a, his wardrobe he brought to the league was quite impressive, but if you think back to that round two game. How deflated would you be as a Wanderers fan the first couple of weeks they had this season, and the way they completely dismantled us in that in that round two game yeah. where you know guys like Bacchus absolutely killed us? Um, geez, the wheels are full Like at least with us, the wheels fell off in round one, or even in that FFA Cup game. Like we've been shit from the start. Uh, you got it, the new it,
1: stadium as well. It's just been a, a real shit storm mm. up there, just as much as it has been here. But look. Uh, I, I probably went in a bit too strong there on the whole thing. What, what I'm saying is, like, yeah, you know, it, it could have been a thirty-second thing instead of this long thing. But yeah, you know, maybe that was up to him, and that's how he wanted to go out. They've got they've got now uh, Jean Paul de Marinette, uh in charge. Can you fucking believe that? <laughs> have you got the eyes? Fucking come on, have a look. <laughs> come on, have a look. <laughs> you watched the game. <laughs> uh, it's all <laughs> be game. great. You guys are great. And gee, it's just a big thank you for to you and to you. I'd hug you all individually if I could. Just I get like it over that. and done with mate. <laughs> You're gone. You got sacked. <laughs> so soccer when's from things going on the man of the hour has an air of great
0: power. the dudes have been him for so long oh for super all right the next game is tomorrow against Bali united the acl qualification if we uh if we get through this uh we are going to japan Uh, Bali United uh, tomorrow night. Members are free. Tickets and $15 for non-members, so well done to the club who made it affordable. Uh, So Bali United, uh, for those who are not well-versed in the Indonesian uh, Premier League or Liga 1, as it's called, uh, they claimed their first title in 2019, finishing 10 points clear of the runners-up. As champions of Indonesia, Bali secured a spot in the first round of the Champions League qualifying where they met the Tampines Rovers in Singapore. In an eight-goal filler, after 120 minutes, Bali defeated the hosts 5-3, obtaining a place against Melbourne Victory. Um, But they have lost three of their last five matches, um, so perhaps uh, a a good kind of omen for us. Um, But... Those who watched actually this uh, qualifying game, um, those on Twitter, some a few Australian fans on soccer Twitter said that Bali are not going to be a walk in the park for this victory team. So it could be an interesting uh, ninety minutes ahead of us tomorrow night.
1: Absolutely not. It will not. We, we always uh, not just Melbourne victory, but Australian clubs in general underestimate a lot of these sites. We think, mm-hmm. oh, it's you know it's Indonesia, what have you, but. Um, It's a danger game, and given the knockout nature of the fixture, we simply have to play our best side. I know that we've got the the Sydney game on Friday, but we have to pour everything into this. If Ola is right to go, he has to start. Yep. Uh, I I actually think this is the perfect game for Josh Hope to play. I know I'm banging on about Josh Hope a lot lately, but it's not going to be like an A-League game. We know know, it's going to be a little bit different in the way... The the teams line up against each other. The styles of play will be contrasting. It's a great chance for Josh Hope, I feel, in this game to take that number 10 position. I just just want to see him start the game. Um, and, look, I think we obviously should win. I just said that uh, how stupid it is for us to have this arrogant attitude that it's a fait accompli. But, ultimately, we're at home, um, you know, apart from... Hoogland and um, Deng We'll be going out there pretty much With our best side um, More or less so There's no excuses and You know if we can bottle Some of what we saw in that second half And we can actually get that uh, That finishing right I'm sure finishing has been the focus Out there at Gosha's Paddock uh, Today and yesterday so Hmm let's Let's I think we'll have a 2-0 a win against the Indonesians.
0: Do you uh, share that same confidence, Buds?
1: Uh, I don't
2: know, man. I don't, I don't really... Look, the only thing I know about Indonesian football, really, is that it is actually raucous. Um, I think in the last 26 years, 75 people have been killed in football violence. Oh, like fuck. Yeah, it's actually... It is legitimately raucous, Um like fans get banned from games all the time. There's lock-ins. Like it's it's you know it's big it's big time over there. I think we might actually get a really rude shock at how good it might be. I, I know their their sides aren't ever in you know the business end of um, the Asian Champions League, but neither are ours. And you know, in Indonesian leagues, probably got better quality. Imports that will um be paid a lot more than our you know pissy salary cap pays them, and if they only have one or two, well, if you've got a really decent number nine or ten running around, that'll give us a lot of problems. Um, you know, they've got this guy, uh, was it Spasagol or something? He's um his nickname is yeah Spasagol, Ilya Spasojevich. Um, he's been a journeyman. He, if you have a look at his rap sheet on Wikipedia, he's the prototype player to come and be a, a marquee or an international signing he's played like I think he's actually an Indonesian national now Montenegrin that's been naturalized for Indonesia um it's just got a there's a whole bunch of unknown and I hope I hope we've done our homework and I hope we aren't taking this lightly because you know if we, if we make the Champions League group stage with this current side that'd be a miracle yeah,
0: actually it would, be, it would probably be the uh, the number one achievement uh, for this side this year just to make the, the group stage but that means we do have to win. In Japan, uh, I don't think we've ever won in uh, in Asia before away. So uh, the mountain is uh, is Mount Everest style high. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be a difficult uh, climb. Let's let's press. Sorry, sorry,
2: sorry. Let me look. I reckon the only thing that we have playing on our side here. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm being serious. I'm I'm tongue in cheek. Asian gambling money. is that? Because I think in a place, like, I think the Indonesian league would be absolutely fucking rife with match fixing. Yeah. Absolutely rife with match fixing. Like that could, that could, that could the, the little bookie in Surabaya or somewhere like that. It might be Melbourne victory's <laughs> best player tomorrow night. <laughs>
0: we can only hope that the, uh, that the Indonesian booking money uh falls away of uh, of Melbourne victory uh let's move forward to the uh, the game on Friday night at Amy Park we're taking on Sydney FC the uh, the league <sighs> toppers uh pretty much the uh, the Premier's plate winners uh, it's uh, it's only around 14 but it's pretty much done and dusted I, I would think very very close to being done and dusted uh, yes Carlos Sature has got another Another big battle on his hands. This is going to be tough for him. Uh, I can only really predict pain. I, I don't know. Marco, uh, Marco Rojas is, I think, ready to play. If, if this comes through in the next 24 hours, uh, maybe he's a chance to play, but really it's, um, it's, going, to be, it's going to be painful.
1: Yes. Uh, look, Sydney are coming off the bye. They're very well-rested which is the complete opposite to our situation of three games in seven days. The only thing I'm going to call out here is this has become a bit of a familiar theme where we get to this sort of stage where we, we're we about to launch into the Asian sort of Champions League and all of a sudden we, as a club, seem to develop a bit of a steely resolve and you know, we start to get a bit of decent form going. Pretty sure it happened in the year that uh, you know, we... The, the heist in the hunter, yeah that is very back.
2: that is yeah you're right that is very on brand for Melbourne victory to do that. Dave. So
1: we we get into this situation where it's like right, backs against the wall. We have got three games in seven days, and you know we we this is a knockout game, and and all of that. Of course, uh, Ryan Grant serves his uh, or comes back from his uh, suspension uh, this week. So, how convenient. Um, mm-hmm. it was, remember, it was reduced from. Three games to two, and I'm pretty sure he's back for this game. Some, yep. Correct me if I'm wrong, boys. Uh, so that's always fun. Uh, Lafondra, Barbarusis, Ninkovic, Balmyohan, yeah, you know, they're they're on top for a reason, uh, and it will take a Herculean effort for us to get even a point out of that game. I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, we got close last time we played them. Uh, well, we scored a goal, so that was that. Shut something. up shop,
1: and yeah. yeah, that that was the uh, approach we took, and it almost paid off. Uh, but yeah, mm.
0: yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive. One nil win. I think I think oh. we can. I think we can. Backs against the wall, big performance. Carlos Salvatua, um lauded by the the players as the savior. They're pouring Gatorade on him at the end of the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're going to make a if movie can, about it.
1: If he can get us through to the next uh, qualifier against Kashima, then notch up a win against Sydney and Melbourne City on the bounce, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll have done. Uh, gone a long way to uh, securing the job on a permanent Junior. basis.
0: Uh, uh. All right, Buds, win or loss or draw?
2: I was actually going to say a 1-0 win for us too. I think 1-0 win, Elvis Camp Sober scores.
0: <laughs> no, he will this week. He will score this week. Book it in. He's going to score this week and uh, I'm going to be made to look like a fool. Uh, let's wrap things up. It's been a long podcast and uh, we have to get this edited and released to the masses. Uh, boys, thank you very much for joining us. The first time we've all been together this year. So thank you. For coming together. We'll um, see each of you next week. Uh, it's going to be a big week as we review two games and uh, obviously the fallout from Marco Rojas. Uh, will Christian Dobris accept the payout? Find out on next week's edition of FES. But until then, it is goodbye and...
2: Monovac, take the money Christian, you little bye. <laughs>